My friends over at Exodus have some exciting news. The Exodus crew is now launching the Exodus Vault, a place to lock in significant savings in their website, exodusoutdoorgear.com. The Exodus Vault will feature some of your favorite products or Exodus gear you haven't considered checking out. Varying from limited run products to last chance savings on customers' favorite products. Right now, the Exodus Vault features a customer favorite, the Exodus Render. You can save $95 on the Exodus Render while supplies last. Got a bunch of those things that are really, really good cameras, especially for that savings of $95. If you've been on the sidelines waiting to try and add more renders to your arsenal, this will be the best chance to save money. This will be the final opportunity to purchase the Exodus Render. This bulletproof cell camera has stood the test of time between the five-year warranty, five-year theft and damage coverage, and best in-class customer service. The Render quickly became a favorite of thousands of trail camera enthusiasts across the country. With affordable and flexible data plans, unlimited HD image, and a no-glow flash, the Render will provide critical real-time data this hashtag scrape week. Also, if you missed the lift too, the render is an excellent option to get impressive HD videos. You have the flexibility of using it as a standard camera or connected device, all backed by the five-year warranty. The Exodus team has put a lot of thought into this program, and I hope you take advantage of upgrading to the Exodus render. Head to ExodusOutdoorGear.com and click the link in the banner to see all products offered in the vault and lock in the steepest savings of all times while supplies last. Now is a great time to purchase the render at the most affordable price of all time and experience the Exodus advantage. Additional coupons cannot be used in the Exodus vault, but to show support for the podcast, please put for the echo in the notes. Now let's talk about Osseo gear. It's a great option for whitetail hunters. They develop a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. Plus, you got a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo, which is pretty nice. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand. So visit asiogear.com, get you some premium hunting clothing. Gotta talk to you about Stealth Outdoors, makers of Stealth Strips. Stealth Strips really are a, a product that any hunter, whether you're a weekend warrior or a guy that hunts almost every day, really needs to take advantage of. Stuff absolutely deadens your, your gear uh, to make it essentially uh, noise-free. If you haven't checked out Stealth Strips yet, stop buying all the other crappy alternatives like the hockey tape and any other stuff you're trying to use to silence your gear. Get the good stuff. Get Stealth Strips Visit StealthOutdoors.com to pick you up some Stealth Strips. All my partners are linked in the description below. Go check them out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. (laughs) It's going good. That was global. Good, good. Did you go hunting tonight? You didn't, did you? I did not. I made a trip and made a deposit on something and then came home and spent a little time with the family i've been hunting a lot <laughs> yeah how's the weather up there right now crappy lots of rain rain yeah. rain more rain yeah yeah we got a ton of it that's what uh everybody's kind of saying up there we don't have we haven't had rain in a long time here i mean it, it had we yeah. had one shower the other day but it's not been it's been pretty dry hmm. um anyway uh before we get into our topic today you had a crazy thing happen to you. Was it yesterday or day before yesterday? Yeah, that was that was yesterday. It was like, uh, yeah, yesterday afternoon. Yep. Yeah, you're was... you were hunting some. You're going in to hunt some public, right? Correct. Yep. Yep. And I was I was in there last year, and uh, decided to dive in there this year and went a little different direction. And yeah, I don't know. You want me to tell a story or? Yeah, tell a story. I'll. I'll, uh, once you get to the goods part, I'll put the pictures up. Okay. I'll try and make it short and sh- short and sweet. Um, as I was getting into this piece, um, it's a, it's a pretty good piece, but I was probably, uh, I don't know, two and a, two and a half forties back or whatever it was. And I had walked past some stuff, you know, I'd seen some, uh, 
kind of a scrape that I knew was a man-made scrape and then uh, came across a couple couple good rubs but they were lower so I kept pushing I wanted I really had a place in mind and from there I was just gonna wing it I had my stand and sticks on my back bow with me everything I was ready to rock and roll but uh, if I just scouted the night out I was okay with that that was that was kind of my mindset going in there and uh, just because like last couple sits I've gone to you know, spots. And that's just something I told myself I wasn't going to do anymore, but, uh, got back in there, noticed, uh, noticed some buzzards fly, or some turkey vultures flying around. And one in particular was kind of, you know, kind of looked like an osprey almost. It had a, you know, it was really dark with that light checker in it. And, uh, so I thought, well, I thought I was filming it and I, here I wasn't, uh, but, uh, that's another story. Anyway, <laughs> Went a little, went a little bit farther, and uh, I saw some white hair in the in the road, and so I'm walking, I'm walking up on this downfall just to paint the picture. I'm walking up on this downfall that's across the road, and I can just start to see some hair as I come around this thing, and then I look up there, and you know maybe I don't know forty yards, fifty yards, I can see, uh, I can just see this cage sticking up, and I'm like. Oh, and uh, I knew something was wrong right away. You know, it was, it was dead. And uh, so I'm walking up on it and I can see that uh, the back end of it is is kind of buried and whatnot. But uh, got up there, took some video of it, took some pictures of it. Uh, I actually think I marked you guys. I marked yeah. kind of our, our little group here and uh, showed everybody, got off of that, called the DNR, got a salvage tag for it. And... Um, from there proceeded to call uh, another buddy of mine, Tim, Tim Hankey. Uh, you guys might know him. Yep. And uh, I think he's he on tonight. Out. Is he? Okay. Yep. Super. First sit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even see comments and stuff. But... Oh, you can't? No. Yeah. That was a uh, freaking stud, man. Yeah. He's a, he's a good deer. I mean, initially I was, you know, I was kind of in awe and, uh, Tim shows up and I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's like 160 inch deer. And then, you know, I mean, it was probably 20 minutes later. I'm looking at him. I'm like, well, he's not, I don't think he's 160, but he's, uh, you know, he's, he's one fifties, maybe one fifties and some change. So yeah. Um, yeah. A nice yep. deer, you know, it hurts to see something like that, um, go down that way. But, uh, I started feeling him over that one picture kind of showed that his backside was buried, which would be you know, pretty consistent with what a bear would do uh, later. And it didn't even dawn on me, but later uh, it makes sense. My taxidermist said, yeah, you know, uh, bobcats will, will do that and cougars. And um, of course we've got both of those in the state and both of those locally, uh, right. regardless of what the DNR will say. But, um, you know, when you got pictures of them, that's pretty hard to dispute. Uh, not that I personally have pictures of them, but uh, I've got neighbors that have pictures of them, but uh um, anyway, yeah, it was, uh, Tim came out, he kind of filmed the recovery. Uh, oh, where I was going with that is I, I started feeling around this thing and I felt like a little hole, like in the shoulder and I'm like, oh, please don't tell me he was poached. And that's all I kept thinking while I was waiting for Tim. And while I was waiting for Tim, uh, I actually had a quick conversation with my brother and, uh, he's like, man, you should, you know, you should just kind of tuck into something. I'm like. <laughs> yeah probably should i mean we've all had crazy things happen so uh, yeah. i thought that was a pretty good idea my, my brother uh kind of felt stupid that i didn't think of it but it was like you know you're just trying to take that all in and it's like yeah oh, i can't believe I'm and all of a sudden there's a bear this. there's a bear breathing down your neck yeah well <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first time i was close to a bear this year but um yeah so i kind of i grabbed my stuff i set it off to the side i tuck up against this tree and uh, I've got pretty good shooting all around me. And probably 10 minutes before Tim got there, uh, I had a deer sneak up behind me. Actually, I had just, I was kind of sitting down or kneeling on my knees and uh, my knees aren't so good. So I, I went and I stood up and I started getting feeling back in my legs. And I think I was, I don't know if I was sending Tim a text or maybe I forget what it was, but anyway, I was, I'd moved a little bit and all of a sudden right behind me, I could hear this big loud stomp and it stomped once and then it just took off. It never blew nothing. 
And by the time I turned around and got it found, you know, I, I caught it in a, in an opening, probably, I don't know, maybe a hundred yards out. And I'm like, Oh, dang, that was a pretty good deer. I'm like, that's ironic that that just happened because, you know, you sit there and you think, you know, I guess the moral of the story is, uh, expect the unexpected, you know, so yeah, be for prepared sure. for that. And of course, the one time I would just play on my phone a little bit, you know, there it was, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. And then as Tim was actually walking up the aisle, um, I had another one right in front of me, not two minutes after that one. I had another one in front of me at probably 40 yards, close to different distance to probably 35, 30, 35 yards. It was doe. Uh, and I didn't think I had a doe tag for, for that County. So I, you know, I wasn't going to shoot her, but it was pretty cool either way. And, uh, yeah, they came walking up and that doe, you know, didn't even really care. I mean, she kind of moved off quick, but um, I don't know. It was just, it was a pretty cool night in the woods. Yeah. I imagine. And you guys, you got a salvage tag for it, right? I did. Yep. Salvage tag. They sent me a confirmation number verbally. Uh, I punched it in my notes and they also sent me an email with a confirmation number. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was really simple. If anybody ever comes across that, it's really easy. Just call your, yeah. call a DNR number. They'll get you squared away. Every state's a little different too on rules on that. Some mm -hmm. states you don't have to have tags. Some of them you do. Um, we we're supposed to have them here um, if we find a deadhead. But and I've talked to conservation officers that are kind of don't really want to mess with it. You know, they're like, ah, whatever. You know, but something like that, you want to make sure you're legal on that. How long do you think he'd yeah, been dead? Sure. Uh, he was warm when I when I walked up on him. He was warm. He was warm when I got him out. Yeah, he he was uh, he had some, you know, he was stiff, but not like not stiff like you would think. And yeah, uh, right. so I don't think he had been done or uh, done very long. I think that whole thing probably transpired, you know, maybe early morning or or I'll call it early morning hours or early in the morning. And, you know, I, I, I think at best he was sitting there for eight hours, you know, maybe dead. Yeah but everything as i was walking up i did bump something and i thought i just thought it was a deer to be honest um but it very well could have been you know whatever was um, trying to feast on that thing so yeah uh tim just commented explain what we believe happened to him oh yeah good point uh good point tim um so ultimately what had happened uh what was going through my mind was he, he was pushed but anyway after uh, we pulled him out, kind of inspected him. I'm like, there's like no holes. There's lots of little holes. I, I could feel little holes. I mean, you could, you kind of see them. And, uh, but I didn't think anything of it. I go, Tim, you think maybe he was gored or I'm like, there's nothing. I mean, I gutted him out. All his vitals are intact. I said, the only thing funny is that his heart is a little soft and mushy on the one side. It was just different. You know, it just looked funny. And, uh, Ultimately took him to the taxidermist and as he was skinning that thing out, there were chunks, there were fragments of bone. He didn't even really get, I mean, he just pulled the back down a little bit and he goes, Oh, he goes, this thing got hit by a car or something just that fast. And I was like, oh, I never even thought of that. And uh, as he pulled it down, I mean, fragments of bone off like the, the lower, I guess the lower, shank or whatever you call that uh, or not shank but the like the rib cage yeah. just started falling out and falling on the floor and as he pulled it down 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 uh, as you got up by the neck and I think I sent you guys a, a picture of that I might have even posted that on Facebook today I actually I know I did I posted it once and I posted it I kind of cleaned it up a little bit posted a second time but um, right across his shoulders and stuff it was just all you could see how the muscles when he got hit all his muscle structure, I mean, the fat, everything just, just like tore, just like something tried to rip him apart. And so the fact that he made it to where he was, cause he is, he is five and a half forties from any road. So it's just, I mean, it's incredible that those things can go that far. Oh, it's busted nuts. up that bad. Yeah. Let's get into uh, the topic for tonight. I think, I wanted to, I, I was thinking, I'm always thinking about new topics to talk about here. And I got to thinking about this time of year 
And like, I was going to Ohio next week and I was like, I'm going to sit all day, I think. And then I'm like, God, I hate sitting all day, you know? And I got to thinking about you. I'm like, how, I was like, how does that guy sit all day, all the time? And, uh, and then, uh, I'm like, that'd be a good topic because that's something I think people would be interested in. It's it's not something many people talk about, like how to sit all day. Um, but there definitely is, there has to be an art to it because some people are good at it and some people aren't. Um, cause you'll, like when you come here early season, you even sit way longer than everybody else. Like everybody will be back at camp for an hour and then you'll just, you'll still be out in the stand and you won't get home until lunchtime or whatever. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> go, go ahead. It's, it's kind of just something that's, that's kind of how I grew up hunting. Uh, not so much when I was a kid, but as I got into my twenties and thirties, you know, I just started realizing uh, the properties I was hunting, it would be like a switch would go on like nine, you know, nine, eight thirty, nine o'clock, ten thirty, you know, and if you're in the stand, you're, you're missing it, man. And it was some incredible action now on the flip side. Yeah, it can be dead. Um, but you just never knew when that was going to happen, especially when I'm like, especially when I moved up, uh, you know, the Wausau area, which would, you know, that would be my twenties, but um, it just seemed like the properties, I just had to sit later to see deer. That's, that was the bottom line. And so I got kind of conditioned to that and then uh, started sitting some all dayers. Um, I would sit, you know, all day, obviously rifle season's a little different story. Uh, you know, I would sit all dayers when I was, was younger, but that's a little different. And then sat all dayers, you know, in my twenties out in the elements, you know, I had a tripod that I, uh, took back in on a buddy's he was gracious enough to let me hunt his property um took it back in there and we would just you know we would chat back and forth we'd be all bundled up like snowmen and uh, we'd be texting back and forth he'd be at the one end of his 100 acres i'd be at the other end but uh so i really sat in a bunch of all dayers you know during that time frame rifle season uh we would also sit all dayers bow season just because those deer would move down in that marsh nonstop mm-hmm. uh, this time of year and uh i've just i guess my body just kind of got conditioned to it and but i don't think it ever gets use <laughs> conditioned to it used to it same thing but i don't i personally don't get used to it. like in my mind i don't ever get used to it it's it's tough so i would say yeah you know one of the first things is is prepare yourself mentally because you can drive yourself crazy in a hurry i think some of it comes down to even just like your your uh maybe your personality or you know there's guys that are like no if there's no action i'm gonna go find some action and and i say kudos to those people and and i'm the same way sometimes but i through historical historical data you know the past few years i've been it makes it easier i'll say to sit all dayers knowing that um that could be your opportunity i mean when you're historically if you're getting pictures at you know 12 30 one o'clock two o'clock uh, late morning, whatever that might be. And, uh, if you're not there, you know, you're, you're out of the game. You're shooting yourself in the foot. If you, uh, get up in the tree and you're like, geez, nine, it's nine, nine 30. I'm hungry. Guys are going to be back at camp. Go shoot the breeze for a bit, maybe take a nap. And you can do that. I've, I have done that, but, uh, there's times where I'll, I'll kind of buck up a little bit and, uh, yeah, I'll just be like, well, I'm going to sit in all there. I think, uh, I don't know if it was last year or when it was, but uh, I came down by you. I actually set quite a few all dayers. I mean, it was it was tough, but that takes a toll on the body too, the mind and the body actually. Did you lose me? Yeah, but I think you're back now. Are you good? Oh yeah. Yep. I okay. Tell. I don't know where you um, lost me, but no, you were good. I heard you up right. You 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 were just gone for a few seconds. Um, okay. Yeah, and I, and I know there is like some of that. It's like personality. Uh, some people just are wired to to sit a long time. But uh, something else, like with you, is like you sit in like I remember when we first started hunting together. You had that point five, the lone wolf point five. And you would mm-hmm. sit all day in that, you sit all day in that little thing. And that thing is like, yeah, you know, the seat's about the size of my coffee cup. And, um, yeah, it's, 
so like it's how terrible. how do you keep your like how do you keep yourself comfortable in a in the stand that long to where you, you don't. can you bear <laughs> yeah you do, you don't i mean it's it's not comfortable cuz let's be honest you're sitting 12 to 14 hours there's nothing comfortable about that mm -hmm. um so what it comes down to is or what i've what i've done is uh number one make your stand as as comfortable as you can or get yourself a stand that is comfortable which i finally done and um yeah that uh, my b stand is much more comfortable much more leg room which helps my knees from cramping up um, i literally wouldn't be able to to walk i mean it would take me probably 200 yards to get the kinks out after an all day or, but uh <laughs> even just sitting late i noticed that you know i can get down and i can i can kind of hit the trail pretty hard right away and no issues but get your stand comfortable get your seat comfortable make that thing as comfortable as you can i even went to the point um and and this is what i do i'm not saying this is what everybody should do and it's kind of something that i um copied off uh, jake bush to be to be frank is uh, i took and i cut a little pad for the bottom of my seat so i can uh, once i get tired of sitting i can flip my seat up turn around and i'll face the tree like fat chicken like dan talks about and i just you know it's a different view it keeps it kind of freshens your mind it's something new to look at your eyes aren't playing tricks on you you know you're you're looking for all that new stuff and um also when you lean up against that thing, it's not super cold. So that is, that's one little trick that I've, I've gone to. And, uh, I really like that, but, uh, yeah, I know I you, think, I know you guys have ahead. been like, you guys really messed a lot with, uh, seats, right? Like padding and stuff. I know some of like, I don't know if it was you or yeah. Gary or someone was like doubling up on their pads on their seat. Yeah. I, uh, might have been Gary. I, I forget okay. my. Uh, yeah, I do, I don't remember to be honest. I've got. Uh, I've got just whatever the B stand came with on top, and um, the the harder foam one, uh, just because I I feel like that fits me a little better. But uh, it really settles in pretty decent once it starts breaking in a little bit. But. Um, yeah, I, I guess where was I going to go with that? I think the, like one of the most important things and it, it helps mentally, it helps physically is, is keeping your eyes on something fresh. So like a lot of guys will get out there and they'll be like, okay, head on a swivel, head on a swivel. It's not rifle season guys. It's, it's, you know, it's bow season. And you're going to be in that stand 12 to 14 hours. Don't wear yourself out in the first hour, you know. Um, so use all your senses. Use your ears if you can. You know, if it's windy, you're kind of hose. But uh, there's still always that that option. But what I do is I'll pick a direction to look. And I'll just look that way for a while. And it's amazing the little things that you'll see pop out. And if you can see any distance, you know, maybe it's that squirrel you didn't see. All of a sudden you see a squirrel at 200 yards. When would you ever notice that really? But, yeah. but you do, because you're kind of picking the woods apart. I'm not a guy that sits there and plays on your phone, but if that's what you have to do to to keep, to keep stay in the stand and, and keep your mind working and keep it fresh and keep it off of, you know, everything that you think you should be doing back at home, um, you know, then, you know, by all means do it. But again, that's part of mental preparation is kind of clearing yourself so that you're not thinking about all those things, you know, take, that you've taken care of the honeydews, you've taken care of all that stuff. So, um, yeah, just preparing for it. But then, you know, I'll pick a direction. I'll look that way for a while. I'll look another way for a while. I'm not afraid to, to sit there and, and look behind me. I used to sit like, and I'm not kidding. I used to sit like a statue for three hours. Like I wouldn't move. I won't turn, I wouldn't turn my head. If I heard something back behind me or off to the side, I wouldn't turn my head and that was just something that I was taught when I was younger actually from one of my friends he's like yeah my dad does this you know and I'm like you know what that makes sense because it's when you get busted when you turn to look at him that's when you get busted but mm -hmm. uh, now it's like I, I just feel like if I don't hear anything I feel like I'm safe now obviously if you hear something you have to be smart about how you turn but um, 
that's that's what I do. I pick zones and I kind of watch them. And when it gets later in the day, as the day goes on, you know, I'll I'll maybe I'll stand for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Sit down, um, hold your bow, don't hold your bow, whatever makes you happy. And that's kind of another uh, another tip that I had is is have you know right along with your stand, have the equipment to do that and and be versatile, be flexible. So uh, this year I picked up some. Um, bow it i i should say bow attach uh accessories from uh brian uh good sit mobile yeah and i can strap those things to the tree with some pair it it comes with paracord you strap it to the tree i hang my bow on there so now when i stand up and i face that tree my bow is right there it's ready and um otherwise if you're hunting you know i mean if you're hunting private public i you know guys guys use screw-ins and i've actually had you know, so the DNR tell me they don't worry about, you know, some of that stuff. If you snap a branch here and there, but, uh, it's when guys get crazy with that stuff that they get a little bent out of shape. But so you take a screw in, you pop it in the tree or, or, or anything to hold your bow. Maybe there's a branch right there. You can hang your bow on, but make sure that your bow is easily accessible. Don't stand up, turn around and face a tree. And now you've got to reach down. I've got a bow holder attached to my bow. So my bow is always at my left hand when I'm seated, seated. Um, so don't stand up, turn around, face a tree and then be like, Oh, okay, well there's a buck. Now I got to reach down, grab my bow with my right hand, do yeah. a crossover with my left. Um, for guys like you and I, there's a camera in the way there somewhere that we have to dodge. You know, it just, it, it makes for a lot of extra movement. So if I stand up and turn around, face a tree, I shift my bow. It's just that simple. So having having the right tools to do that makes makes things easier and smoother especially in the the heat of the moment uh one one time i can think of in particular i was down by you last year josh and i was sitting in all there as a matter of fact and uh, i had that uh, i think it was about 9 30 10 o'clock i had some dough come through up on a ridge and i'm like oh sweet some movement and then i want to say it was maybe an hour maybe an hour later, hour and a half later. So it was, I guess it was close to midday or whatever. All of a sudden here come this, you know, nice eight pointer out of nowhere. And, uh, I was actually the tree I was looking or sitting in was pretty good size. So he actually was behind that tree a good share of the way. So I didn't see him until he like popped out and then it was, you know, it was scramble city. But, uh, if I would have had to reach back and get my bow, it would have been chaos, but I had my bow right there. I, I had a little screwing in the tree at that time. I've got the the good sit mobile things now, but uh, I, you know, my bow was right there. I was ready. Um, I think I got some footage of that one or not, but uh, he wound up being like, I want to say he was like 30, 35 yards. And there was just some crap in the way. I remember a little pine tree being in the way. And once he got past that, I just didn't feel comfortable with the shot, you know, even though, it was pretty much quartering, quartering away or broadside. It was just, I, I didn't feel comfortable with like a lot of the little branches and stuff. Now it's middle of the day. I could see pretty good, but I just, I didn't, I didn't like that shot. It was, it was just not yeah. me. And to be honest, I wasn't real sure that I wanted to shoot that deer, but I told myself, you know, if it's a nice buck, shoot it. And, and he was nice. So. Um, I guess ethically, morally at the time, I didn't, you know, the shot was no good, so I didn't take it, but, um, do you, yeah, do that, you, uh, do you bring snacks with you? I do bring snacks. Yeah. I don't get real crazy. I'll be honest. Uh, I would say one of my tips would be is don't take anything more than you think you need. Don't, don't bog yourself down, especially if you got a long trip, if you're going to sit some private, uh, you don't have, uh, you know, or, or some public and you don't have a long walk. That's, you know, and you want to put 10 pounds of food in your, <laughs> in your bag and be right. rummaging through that all day, feel free. But that that's not, that's not my way. I'll take two bottles of water or a bottle of water, bottle of Gatorade. I'll make sure that bottle of water is not in one of those plastic crinkly things. Mm. Cause I, I hate making noise out there. I'm kind of OCD out there. Uh, so the water goes in a different water bottle. Like I'll, if I've got an old Gatorade bottle or a Powerade bottle, whatever you want, or if a guy's got a thermos, 
I, I put my water in those because they're just they're hard plastic and they don't make noise right like those little cheap plastic bottles do but um yeah and then like my snacks i can i can make it all day on one power bar um i usually take two because i know that'll get me through maybe some trail mix and uh if i want to spoil myself maybe a couple cheese sticks that's always a nice little breakup but uh again all that stuff like those power bars or those uh not not the power bars but uh cliff bars sorry cliff bars they yeah. come in those, I, they got i mean that's the noisiest wrapper anybody ever came out with but i suppose <laughs> if you're climbing rocks it's not a big deal but if you're in the woods they're so loud so i'll take those out and i'll either put them in a baggie or another thing you can do is just wrap them in uh, like uh, plastic plastic wrap you know that's nice and yeah. quiet um, otherwise they're sticky and, and they want to stick to each other and make a mess out of everything else too so um, that's what I do. I just, I make sure everything I want to access is, is nice and quiet. Yeah. It is one of those things where, um, you just, you talk to anybody that's real successful. Like I was talking to Andy May, um, a while back on here and he mentioned like he's killed a lot of deer in the middle of the day. And then same with, uh, yeah. John Eberhart, you know, he swears by 11 to two during this time of year. So it's something I have not done a very good job, uh, with over the years. Like I've, very rarely in the stand at noon, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but this year I'm really trying to trying to make an attempt to do a better job with that whenever I'm out of state. And that's another thing is when you're out of state, it's like uh it's easy to start wasting time. Like that's very valuable, you know. Yeah. You know, you can you can go yeah. back to camp and sit around for a couple hours and think, oh, I'll I'll go back and relax and then go out scouting or something. All of a sudden you're your relaxing time turns into a nap and then it's, it's all of a sudden it's two o'clock and you have to, you're, you know, you just wasted the whole day on doing nothing. And then you're yeah. gone away from your family and you know, it's like you should be productive when you're out of state. Absolutely. But, I, I'm, yeah. I'm the same way. I feel guilty if I'm, if I'm not out there as much as I possibly can be. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's another good driver too, but, I do. I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, I've gone through a few different phases in life. I mean, I went through, uh, obviously as a young kid, I shot a lot of deer, killed a lot of deer and, uh, got into QDMA early in life. And I'm not saying that's everybody's way. I'm just saying something I, you know, kind of had in my mind and uh, me and my buddy, and then we were like, you know, Hey, if we shoot this, then we'll, you know, then we got to shoot this to, and so on. And it's like, oh yeah, that made sense, you know? And, um, so kind of came up doing that. And I literally went from, I, I shot a pretty good buck when I was 18. I actually, I think I just graduated that year or something, or maybe it was. And, uh, after that deer, it was like, holy buckets, you know? Um, now I just had like, okay, it's gotta be one thirty or better. And so I primarily hunted um, private property. I almost never hunted public. Like I would hunt public for a little bit of, uh, during rifle season. And uh, that would be about it. Otherwise it was just, you know, I wasn't comfortable with the public thing. So I hunted a lot of private and I don't know, I guess I just, I set the bar at 130 and I just was not hunting pieces of private that produced I'll call them pretty good deer for, for us on an annual basis. So I was, I pretty much set myself up for failure for a long time and, uh, actually kind of got that monkey off the back here a few years ago. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, what was it? I think Gary was up here for a little bit or something, wound up going home and, and anyway, he, he kind of, um, peel the <laughs> kind of peeled the wrapper off me or something or a little spark in me and uh so after 27 years really not uh shooting you know as anything better than like a 130 or better buck it was just like man you really need to have fun with this again this this is why we, we do it for fun we do it for camaraderie yeah. i mean i love the camp camaraderie down by down by you or around here or anything you know i i'm a big people person so i do love that but um I like to get it done too. But anyway, uh, you know, he had gone back home or whatever and it wasn't, you know, I just had, I was just 
light red, like somebody flipped the switch and it was like, yeah, I, I, I gotta do this. This is ridiculous, you know? And literally uh, went out with a decoy and uh, wound up shooting a three and a half year old uh, nine pointer, not a real big rack, but just, just the coolest. I mean, he's kind of a really cool deer um, nine pointer. I think he had a little fork on his, like a little fork brow but uh, three and a half, I had the DNR age him because I, and I didn't believe him. Yeah, but it was a three and a half year old. But uh, to be honest, I, I saw horns and I'm like, I'm going to, I was just going to shoot that buck. And he, actually, <laughs> he came around, he came, he came around the, uh, the decoy and he actually wound up splitting me on the decoy. So he was at like a stone throw, like seven yards. And uh, I smashed him and I watched that deer run off and wobble and tip over and it was like i was born again josh I, and yeah. i literally i told gary and i i forget whoever else i'm like that's the first buck like decent decent buck like not just a i accidentally shot a, a spike uh one time thinking it was a doe you know but anyway wound up burning one of my buck takes that way but anyway it was the first decent buck i had shot in uh 27 years and yeah. I mean, throughout those years I can't tell you how many times I would draw back on 120, 125 inch deer, um, and just let them walk. Yeah. I was looking for that, that 130 that I just knew it was going to do it. And, uh, you know, Gary would even tell you, he, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I had a pretty nice buck in front of me and uh, he would go out and sit and he'd be like, oh my gosh, Brad, I can't believe you let that deer walk. I'm like, yeah, really? I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. But <laughs> You know, but anyway, I've changed since then. And, uh, yeah, I guess every, everything for a reason, you know, you're having so fun now. I, I'm having a blast now. Yeah. I've shot a few deer in the past years. And, um, shot, I've actually shot four bucks or in the last five years over, over that decoy. Yeah. But, uh, my, my big goal this year is, you know, to get a nice public land, uh, respectable, nice uh, public land buck on the ground in fact i keep shying away from all this I, i've got access to probably 400 acres in private uh just permission properties that i can can go on to and i just keep shying away from them because i'm afraid i'm gonna go shoot something or be tempted yeah. to shoot something <laughs> yeah i'm not afraid to you, earn it you've killed something that a lot of guys uh are envious of you you have a double dropper don't you I do. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the one that kind of set the bar so high for me right away. Yeah. That's tough as a young guy to kill something like that. And then, you know, feel like you got to one yeah. up yourself and then all of a sudden it's 20 years and you still haven't, you know, it's hard. Yeah. And you don't realize where it goes. And to be honest, um, <laughs> Gary, Gary always called me, you're such a good deer watcher. You're a deer watcher. You're not a hunter. And yeah. A lot of truth in that because I, I did watch a lot of deer, but um, <laughs> and a lot of those were midday sits, you know, or, uh, midday encounters where I'd have have deer like that. And I have shot, I have shot a few deer uh, midday, or if it wasn't like an all day sit, um, and I guess this is one other thing I would I would throw out is is don't be afraid to move because I did that one day. I was sitting, sitting, sitting. And I just knew that the action was going to be better. I had just stick with your gut, you know, listen to your gut. I just felt like the action was going to be better back somewhere else. And so I, I packed up all my stuff, ran to the truck, um, actually grabbed my decoy and I went back to this food plot and I want to say it was two forty-five. it was two forty-five in the afternoon on November, th uh, it must have been like mid-November because it was like three days before rifle season. Yeah. And so I guess, I mean, that time of year, you should probably be in the tree anyway. But, you know, I was in there early. Uh, I, I literally went back to the truck uh, midday, 11, 12 o'clock, whatever it was, grabbed a decoy. Uh, I probably grabbed a snack and then headed back in on the north side of that property. And, uh yeah, I wound up having, you know, nice tall 10 pointer come in, but, uh, it, it happens fast, you know, and it's don't, don't feel like you got to stay grounded to one, one stand or one spot. If you're, you know, if you know, or if your gut's telling you, Hey, I should probably be here, go, 
go jump, get, get down, go move. What's going to take you an, an hour to move? And if it, whatever, hour and a half to move, two hours, I don't know how far you'd be moving, but um, go do it. That'll, that'll kind of freshen you up, wake you up, um, get your muscles working again, get some rigor mortis out. But uh, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to, to move too. Yep. Oh, that's a good tip. Um, yeah. If you, and if you don't feel like you're in the right spot, you know, after, cause sometimes you go in blind or something in the morning and you get in there and you're like, ah, I don't know about this. And yeah, get down and figure something out. Absolutely. Um, yep. Man, there was something else that came up in my head just a second ago. Can't remember what it was now. Um, you got anything else on those all day sitters that you, I know you were taking, you took some notes or you thought about some things. Anything we didn't oh. cover? Um, <clears throat> yeah. And this is actually, uh, this is one that I'm going to kind of add to my regiment that I <laughs> regiment, um, to something, just add to what I do. And I, I would say not even like an all day or thing, but man, don't be afraid to draw your bow a couple times throughout the day. Just go through that motion, even just, you know, maybe draw it a, a couple times and just, just so that after sitting for 10 hours, 11 hours, all of a sudden, you know, it's right at, uh, you know, 10 minutes of closing, you finally got your golden opportunity and now you're so rigor mortis up or frozen or whatever that might be that you can't even draw your bow. That would be, uh, I'm getting old. So I went to six pound bow so that I could pretty much draw that with, with no problem. Anything. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I think, I think I, I picked that up from, uh, Jacoviac, one of Jacoviac's, uh, um, videos. And I'm like, man, that is, that's perfect. He goes through some other stuff, but I'm, I'm not about to start flinging arrows out of the, out of the tree, but, uh, you know, he's, he's using trad bow though. Pointers. Yeah. Yeah. Super quiet. Super quiet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a good tip. People forget about doing that. Like you sit there all day and then you grab your bow to shoot a deer and it's like, oh gosh, I'm stiff or whatever, you know. Yeah. Even if it's like uh, a cold morning. Yeah. I'll tell you what, an hour into that sit, first first daylight comes around um, and you get that deer in front of you. I mean, you're, you're probably still warm, but let's just say, so let's just say it's two hours, sorry. Uh, you go to draw that bow back. Whew. That can be an eye opener for sure. Your form mm. is different. How you anchor is different. Everything is different. So yeah, I, I really like that one. Yep. Tim says, fun fact about global. He's wicked quick at field dressing a deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad at it. I've, I've done a, a couple anyway. You're the designated probably, uh, uh, gutter. Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, probably probably a couple hundred in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, I could, I could tell you a little story quick, but, uh, yeah. Uh, my, my brother-in-law and I actually shot a couple doe at the same time. And he looks over at me and he goes, race ya. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, he says, I'll, I'll race ya. See who the fastest gutter is. And, <laughs> uh, so I'll keep in mind, uh, my, so my dad talked, taught me how to gut when I was just young. And, um, uh, hunting with my brother-in-law kind of really fine-tuned that picked up some shortcuts did things a little differently and uh, got pretty good at it so it was you know there's just there's only two or three of us that would gut deer for you know we'd have a group of anywhere from five to 13 14 15 people so um yeah i gutted my fair share of deer but yeah he uh i i you know and i just uh young and cocky i was like okay but in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, he's going to crush me because he's fast. But I'm like, you know what? I am pretty fast at this, actually. And uh, so he timed us, and I finished in 59 seconds, and he finished in a minute and one second. And I'm talking, mm -hmm. these deer are clean. I mean, super clean. Not This isn't a hack job. These are super clean deer. Yeah. No blood in This is lifted out, cleaned out, you know, all the blood's out of them. Yeah, yeah, ready to ready to start dragging. They're ready, yeah. So that's funny. That's, I, I that's pretty quick. That that is that is pretty quick when I sit there and think about it. Now I don't gut them that fast anymore. I uh, yeah, I've slowed down, but I can I good. can still do them pretty quick. Yeah, good good way to cut yourself, kind of. 
<laughs> it would be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't go out there and try and set any land speed records because that's foolish. That's, uh, yeah, that was back funny. when I had much better reflexes. <laughs> um, we had a question come in here. We'll get to it, get to it real quick. Um, I and J Bernard, he says, or Bernard, he says, uh, when you're going in for these all day sits or hunts, is it like a rut funnel or are you targeting a specific deer hoping he's on the move? Do you set, do you set all day mostly during the rut global or will you set early season all day? I will sit early season all day, but not very often. Yeah. I mean, and, and make no mistake. It's not like I do. I do a lot of these things every year. Uh, I would say I'll do a handful to uh, excluding rifle season. I'll do a handful, handful to maybe eight. I, I don't even want to say I do 10 a year. That would, that would, that seems like a lot, but yeah, but I'll I do still, a handful to eight. A, a handful of all day sits is still, that's a lot. That's a lot. I yeah. mean, for me it is, but yeah. But uh, as far as like rut, um, yeah, I'm more prone to stay put when it gets closer to, you know, the end of October here, pre-rut, and these bucks are really starting to, uh, I guess, lay their dominance down, you know, checking those scrapes. I try not to be fooled by, you know, getting in there too soon. If I know I'm going to hit, hit like maybe three or four spots locally, I don't try to get in there like too soon in the season I'm talking, like a couple mm -hmm. days too soon because i'm just blowing it up and then yeah you might as well get used to your nocturnal pictures because that's how they're going to stay but um that's why i like my historical data i can look at my pictures and be like oh okay this gets hot the the 27th 28th uh, or whatever that would be you know it's the the 31st or i i actually have never had very very much luck on on halloween and i know tons of people do uh, i've got buddies yeah. that shoot bucks on halloween and uh I just, I've never had a real good Halloween, but, uh, this year it's going to be good. I, I think it is. Yeah. I'm actually really looking forward to, I'm actually really looking forward to Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I've got it. I've got a couple spots in mind. I'm going to wind up flipping a quarter, I think is what it is, but, uh, you know, cold front moving in, it's getting to be that right time of year. Um, I'm pumped getting closer to a full moon. I mean, there's just so many things that I, I just yeah. like that's that are lining up. So I haven't really hunted since whatever, whenever I shot that buck, the eighth of October. So I'm kind of getting. It's almost feeling like a new, uh, new opening day for me again when I go back out. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm as far go, as like a, a, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, back to the gentleman's question. Um, in my eye, suck. I can't see any of that. That's okay. Especially as it gets later in the day, I can't see much, but, uh, and I do have contacts in, but, um, yeah, I would say, especially like this time of year, I will funnel or uh, focus on funnels, pinch points, places that I know bucks are going to run. I'll get between two boat, uh, doe bedding areas, um, or where there's trails going into those where I can set up just off of those thinking like, you know, a buck's going to be sent checking those trails, you know, use, I'll think about the wind and then I'll kind of get between two doe bedding areas and just set up the best I can. Um, out by you, I typically, uh, I kind of flirt with the ridges to, to be honest, because it's so hard to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down low all day. Cause then I sit there and I just think, man, I'm just blowing my scent up here. But then on the flip side, yeah in the morning you kind of got some demons work demons working for you as well as in the afternoon so i i, I try to i try to just split hairs to be honest and i i pick like just off the ridge off the peak of the ridge to where i think and i'll usually get close to a drainage that i can let my thermals prefer hopefully dump down into uh, and then when the wind picks up i'll also try to set I'll try to sit high on these so that hopefully my wind blows up and over and, mm -hmm. and clears everything. Whether that happens or not, I, I don't know. But uh, I have had some some pretty good all-day sits out there. I mean, to where I've seen, um, you know, where I've seen some deer either late morning or uh, early afternoon. I've had some sits where I haven't seen anything, to be honest. And that's just yeah, 
wrong place, wrong time. That that's going to happen sometimes, and that's that's tough. And then to get up the next morning, and say you're going to do that again. That's super yeah, tough. yeah. <laughs> um, people are commenting about your your uh, gutting skills. So, uh, Chad asked, "What kind of knife do you use?" <laughs> so uh, back in the day, I used a, a Gerber Gator. I used that thing for twenty plus, uh, at least twenty plus years. Uh, Gerber Gator, and it was the one. Uh, I just had the the regular blade uh, without the serrated. I lost that one. I wound up buying the serrated version of that. Um, ultimately, I wound up finding my my original Gerber. And uh, but the past few years, uh, my father in law bought me a uh, what is that? A buck knife, uh, buck fold, uh, buck fold knife. And uh, so I use that one. It's it's just got you know sentimental value and. Um, that is a sharp knife and that steel stays really nice and sharp. I can gut, I can gut a few deer with that one before it needs a, needs an edge. So there you go. There you have it. Jason, he, uh, he's from Florida and he just moved to Wisconsin. He said the deer are so much bigger in Wisconsin and a lot trickier. I, I bet, I bet you're just, uh, just getting them figured out, Jason. I, I don't, I, cause I think I heard Florida's pretty tough hunting. So, um, I could give it time. I bet you'll get on the deer. He also yeah. goes on to say later on that he, every, every hunt he's had this year, he said all day. That's hardcore, man. That is hardcore. A little uh, different landscape. I bet than Florida. Yep. Yep. Maybe at the Creek, Victorian Knox, they do make good knives. Pretty affordable too. Um, I, I have a bunch of Victorian knife, like kitchen stuff and, uh, butchering knives. I really like them. They're famous for the Swiss army knife. Oh, the, you know, the little red knives that you see, those are mm-hmm. Victorian knocks. Um, nice. what, what else for the all day sets? Did you have anything else written down or you were wanting to talk about? I like to set up. Yeah, I did. I was just, I was just reading that here. I like to set up my stand facing North if I can help it at all. Okay. That puts me in the shadows a good share of the day. I'm not looking into that sun, you know, other than if I stand up to run, then you're looking in the sun. Um, do yourself a favor and wear a hat. <laughs> yeah. So that, that'll help, you know, block some of that sun too. But um, I like to set up, I like to set up facing north. And um, I, I just feel like that puts me in the shadows a good part of the day. And, if I want to, if I'm looking to warm up a little bit, you know, and I'm in a bigger tree, then you can, you can always move around a little bit and get some exposure if you want it. But, uh, I'm usually looking to stay pretty concealed and right along with that, what I like to do if I can. And, uh, Josh, that one buck I shot, uh, hit down by you on my first year. Mm-hmm. I like to sit in uh, big double trees if I can. And I, mm-hmm. I sit in big double trees or, or clumps of four, three, four, or I'll pick out a tree that is close to uh, another tree, even if, even if it's a shorter, uh, smaller, shorter tree uh, that has foliage next to it that's maybe next to that tree. And I'll just tuck myself up in there and get comfortable. And you can use all that stuff to your advantage. And it helps kind of conceal uh, conceal any movement you might have. So. Um, just a couple, a couple more quick tidbits that I like to do anyway. Yep. That's good. That's a good, uh, I never thought about that. Never would have either. Um, Zeke has a good point. He said, bring a portable phone charger. Yep. That's a good, good, good uh, point, Zeke. Yep. Cause you'll drain them if you, if you, uh, especially here when we don't have, we have poor service or something. A lot of times here you can't really have an option because you don't have very good service. Yeah. Um, what else? Is there anything Always else you, want, you wanted to cover? I Well, I mean, yeah, he's right on. I mean, I used to carry Mophie all the time, and I still will just just in case your phone gets low walking out. You know, some of our Uh-oh. walks are, are not short. So We lost you again for a minute. Oh, no. A minute was Am an I exaggeration. Back? You're back. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, especially if you're worried about Onyx bonking out or something, or you're, maybe your yeah. phone's got a couple couple years on it, you know that batteries just start to peter out. Uh, oh, I was gonna yeah. put a new battery in mine this year, but um, we all broke down and just got got different phones. It was time. 
Yeah. I hate buying phones. They seem like such a waste of money. But oh my gosh, they're so expensive too. They're kind of a necessary evil. I hate to say it, but uh, yeah, over... yeah, they are. They are, and they're man. I don't know. Some of them are like north of a thousand dollars now. Yeah. Um. Tim asked if you have any first set. Tim, <laughs> if you have any tips for staying warm. That's a Wisconsin yeah. question. I don't have to worry about that too much down here. Um, do yourself a favor. I always, always, always pack an extra pair of socks. And as soon as I'll get to my tree in the morning, because I mean, a lot of our hikes are a mile, mile and a half. Uh, sometimes you you guys are walking two miles. I, I think mm-hmm. Gary said something. He's got a spot. He walks like three miles. I don't know. I mean, you walk that far, your feet are going to sweat. Uh, and I yeah. do this rifle season, bow season, but I'll carry an extra pair of socks, um, polypropylene. And then, you know, there's all kinds of good socks out there. I don't have it. You know, about the only sock I haven't tried yet is those hollow socks. And that's just because they're <laughs> kind of expensive. But yeah, um, an extra pair of polypropylenes and then like a, a smart wool or a, a marina is what I wear. But um, pop those off, put some fresh socks on and that that's going to do that's going to do you some favors from just keeping your feet comfortable and warm uh from there if you want to you know if it's going to be cold you can do uh toe warmers but put your toe warmers uh on top of your toes don't put them underneath where you're just going to super saturate them with any moisture that's one thing i i picked up on i can't believe i didn't think of that sooner but i just picked up on that in the last last year or two and i'm like that's genius why (laughs) why didn't i think of that but um it works fantastic but yeah a lot of us have gone to, uh, you know, either the heater body suit or the IWAM and the, you know, when you start getting really cold conditions, but, um, that's just, you know, those are all together, all different. When you're in those, you're, I don't want to say bulletproof, but those things are pretty fantastic. Oh my for gosh. Super cold conditions. I I'm know, a fan. Uh, of, I, I think you have the same one. I do the IWAM. I'm a fan. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Those things are nice. And, uh, when Tim and I went out last year, it was 52 or 53 below or whatever it was and uh tim's got some he's got some pretty nice uh i think he's got some seeker or whatever but he's got like the the late season the real deal stuff yeah and uh i had the iwam so i dressed light i went in i jumped in in my iwam and uh you know he had his uh, late season camel and neither one of us got cold yeah yeah i think there's like there's no trick to being warm in the tree stand when it gets real cold. It's like, you just got to invest in good stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Zeke mentioned uh, a, heat, a heated vest. I have one of those. Those are really Absolutely. nice. Um, yep. Yep. Better than outdoors when he has a, he has a, a comment about sitting all day, bring a book, read a page, look around, read a page. Yep. That's, that'd be good. Same to keep thing you with your phone. phone. Yep. Yeah. Some some guys, if they just want to take a phone and it's easier and they can read off a phone, but yeah, take a book. Um, yeah. Anything to keep your mind busy, keep it fresh. Cause you'll, you'll go bonkers and you're going to yeah. get antsy. Just, you're going to get antsy. Just try and be constructive with it. I got that. The new late season stuff from Osseo that I'm kind of anxious to try out. Um, and then, but last couple of years, like hunting in Wisconsin in January, when it would be like negative 20, negative 30, whatever the temperatures were, I'd have mm-hmm. the, I'd have the, I would just wear something like I would wear, like when it would be like 50 degrees outside walking mm-hmm. in and then I'd have a heated vest. Like Zeke was talking about, I would get my eye warm out. I would climb up, get my eye warm out, um, put, drop a couple hand warmers down in the bottom of it. And then turn that heated vest on and then zip up and you do not get cold. I mean, you, it's yeah. like, you know, it, it'll be 60, 70 degrees in that, in that thing. I mean, your face, you know, your face and stuff that's exposed gets cold, but it's pretty yeah. unbelievable. So yeah, all those things are, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, is it uh, Dave have a question about sitting all day? Is it wise to sit all day during gun season? November 15th to 30th, any weather conditions better or worse for all day sits? Yeah, I, I, I actually really like, I am, I'm one of those guys that you can't get out of there. You can't get out of there. And I would say tree, but I'm going to be honest. I don't sit in a tree for rifle season. Um, I do 
I do like when I break away. So I, I hunt with my father-in-law and mm -hmm. he hunts with me every year. So when he wants to go hunting, we just go out, we sit in a shack on some, um, on some private, uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll sit there all day and it's a nice shack. I mean, that's, uh, it's too small. It's not as big as the first one I built and I, I should have built it the same dimensions It's four by six. If you're going to build a stand for two people, make it six by six, but anyway, we'll sit all day <laughs> and, uh, I've got a heater in there. We're doing hot ham and cheese. We're doing breakfast. Sandwiches. Oh my He's God. You sound like a, oh, you sound yeah. like a duck hunter now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's not awful. I'm going to tell you that it's not awful, but we have a good time, you know, and that's again, um, that's camaraderie and, and, yeah, right. and just, you know, sometimes that's a good time to, oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Just, just let your hair down and, and let the world just kind of disappear behind you and just have fun. So, right. Unless you're like me, you don't have any hair. <laughs> right. Me either. Um, I'm looking here. I saw, I thought I saw a question about my, my comment about duck hunters reminded me someone was asking what they, we have any recommendations, uh, for when duck hunters start hitting the woods. I don't, because I don't, we don't duck hunting is not very popular around here where I hunt at. Like we don't very few people duck hunt around here. It's not a great duck hunting state, but do you, do you hunt any properties where a lot of duck hunters tool tool round on me? I don't. No, I, uh, I hunt, uh -oh. whoops, you lost me again. Uh -oh. You lose me. We lost you again global. Yeah, but you're back now. Um, can, can you hear it us? must be, yeah, I, I can hear you. It must be, I just had a whole boatload of pictures come okay. rolling in. So that must mess with, <laughs> mess with it a little bit, but it must have, it must have um, bogged you down. Yeah. <laughs> suck into any g's or something but uh <laughs> i do hunt a piece of private that is that borders a small lake and there are some duck hunters out there sometimes and um so that can be a little bit annoying but uh for the most part they go over on another lake and so they're over there blasting away but uh i no i don't have a whole lot of exposure to uh duck hunters yeah no one uh no one he 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 mentions just wait till they leave he said duck hunters leave around nine or ten in the morning and he's probably right um mm -hmm. i think i think deer probably figure figure those guys out and kind of work their way around them i don't know if it you know i'm sure it is frustrating that someone you know messes around in the woods there but i think uh i don't think i think deer will work their way around them and and uh still be using that that area um Let's see here. I don't think we have any more questions, Global. We've been on here for an hour, and I've gotten, like, no sleep for a week now, so I'm pretty tired. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. The luxuries of a, a newborn, right? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's just that part where he has to get up every two hours and feed for an hour. That's the yeah. That's the part that uh, is rough. And I'm the type of person, like, if I, if, I sleep, like if I sleep for two hours straight and I get woken up, it's hard for me to go back to sleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm the opposite way. I just, I am so hard to wake up. Like two hours is not a good number for me, but science and, and, uh, everything else tells you, you know, it's, what is it? No more than a half hour or yep. two hours. That's, that's kind of the window. I, I guess I remember hearing that like yeah. years ago, but I love a good, if I can get like a 15 to 20 minute nap. Oh man. That like, oh, yeah. it refreshes my day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jocko, what does he say? Like if you, if you prop your feet up above your head, take a 15 minute nap and then drink a cup of coffee. It's like a productive Ooh. hack. Reborn. Yep. Yep. So there you I go. I, need, I probably need to hope I get to sleep tonight. Cause I'm going to drive to Ohio in the morning and go scouting for the oh, day. Wow, that's exciting. It's going to be 80 degrees here and raining. So I'm going to take advantage of that and go and try to find a place to sit, uh, next week when I go to go out there for an all day sit. Nice. Nice. <laughs> that doesn't sound easy. I did. I did have a couple other things real quick here, Josh. Go I'll, for be, it. I'll be fast about it. So, uh, obviously don't be afraid to, to move. If the wind shifts, it's not doing what yeah. you need. Um, you have to be confident in where you're going. 
that that's a big one. If you're not confident in where you're going, you're you might be just wasting your time. So be confident in where you're going. And then one of the last things I had here, and this is more of a safety tip than anything, and maybe not maybe not a bad idea to do every time you go hunting, but uh, tell somebody where you're going. If you're going on on an op all day or um, like if I go up at Josh, I'll use the, hey, this is where I'm going. Yeah. Now they have an idea because I don't have any reception where I'm going. Um, I'll say probably eight out of 10 times that I go out, zero reception. And that could be whether I'm here in Wisconsin or or in Indiana. I just, a lot of the places we wind up, there's no reception. So yep. tell somebody where you're going and uh, at least they'll have an idea. That way, if you don't come back, you know, um, they can come looking for you. Uh, yep. my wife's got, you know, my wife can see my location. So she's got that. If I were ever to fall out of a tree and not come home when I should be, she could at least get emergency services my way. But, uh, and then, you know, if you want to check in one, if you can, you know, check in once or twice during the day, just so somebody knows you're all right. So, yeah. 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 I worry about you guys a lot. Uh, well, when you first started to come down here, I was always like, God, I hope they're all right in there. Cause it's different to country than you guys were used to, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. It's easy yep. to get turned around, but. Mm-hmm. And Onyx uh, will turn you around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the hills. Yeah. Uh, no, those are good pit- tips, man. Thanks for getting on here and talking about this. I thought it was a uh, interesting topic that I never heard anybody really discuss at length. So yeah, no problem. Not fun. a lot of, uh, not a lot of rocket science behind it, but just little things that I've improved over, <laughs> learned yeah. over the years. So, well, yeah. you're one, you're one of the best I've, uh, seen at it. So when are you, when are you coming down here again? That. Uh, probably the fourth, what, fourth or fifth, November 4th or 5th. Sounds good. Like, uh, What's that next, not, not next week, but the weekend after. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's what I put in for anyway. <laughs> uh, a couple of people have asked if you have a channel. Global is not like a he's not a uh, hunting industry guy. I, do I, I don't I, I don't know if he has anything he wants to pitch or anything. You can follow him on Instagram. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I think it's hammer one dash four sure. Um, <laughs> is it really <laughs> super easy? Yeah. <laughs> but uh i'll look it up for you no it's just brad crook brad w crook is it yeah what are you talking about oh, Emer- Emer- snapchat or some dang thing i don't remember <laughs> josh will tell you i'm not the techie guy that's for sure i'm always uh, like josh well how do i do this you know that's or, why that's or, why i was uh, getting, a, getting a kick about uh them asking yeah. what you're yeah uh, no it's a it's yeah. a good good thing to ask because i do I do sometimes uh, forget to let people give their um, pitch their whatever they got going on in life. But anyway, yeah, you can get on, you can get on globals uh, Instagram and see that big giant buck that he found the other day and all the pictures of it. Yep. So that's on there. Now, if we can put one in the back of the truck due to an arrow injury, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Right. But you'll see global. again. We got a bunch Go ahead. Sorry. I keep interrupting you. No, that's okay. I, we got the whole delay thing going on. It's my bad, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, it, it's an exciting time right now. Cause we, you know, there's a bunch of guys out in the woods and it's like every day, you know, you're hearing a story yeah. from somebody and it's, uh, it's exciting and it's, it's, uh, inspiring too. So yeah, I know. Motivation I, to get out there. I love, I love this time of year just being on social media. Like you never know when you're one of your buddies in the morning is going to post like got one, you know, it's like, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. So um yep. all right thanks man thanks everybody for hopping on tonight thanks appreciate it yep we'll talk to you later bye, bye.